There are certain stories in the Bible that really supersede other stories because they have a prophetic flavor. There's a prophetic sound that God puts in them, and there is a thread that you will find that runs through the Scriptures that begins to tie that story together until you see the literal fulfillment of what God wants to say. Today, we're going to take a journey through the Scriptures to, and I've never preached on this before, um, but we're going to take a journey together as a church through the Scriptures And I believe that when we're done today, you will have a fresh understanding of the power of when God declares something, it will come to pass. So we're going to be taking our text today out of a very familiar portion of Scripture, the book of Genesis, chapter 3. And we are going to read two verses. We're going to start with verse 14. And we are also going to read the following verse 15. Y'all were a little slow today. I wasn't sure you were going to stand up. Uh, Well, if they ain't going to stand up, I'm not going to make them. This is in Genesis chapter 3. Verse 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. You find it interesting that the very first time that we ever see where God address the devil, he calls him a snake. It's the first time that God ever addresses Satan uh, person to person, and he looked at him, he, he said, you're a snake. And he said, you are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. This is our key verse. Now God is prophesying. I'm going to put enmity or hatred between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. You can be seated. The fall of man begins with the Scripture chronicling the, really the spiritual union between the devil and a woman. When you go back to the story, the devil does not come, the serpent does not come to Adam. He comes to the woman. And out of that union, that spiritual union where 
the Bible says that it produces a fallen race. From that moment on, sin comes into the bloodline of mankind. And soon as that happens, man can no longer be in the presence of God. God does not annihilate him. He just simply separates him from himself. There is a distance now. And so because uh, of this, God looks at the devil and he says this. He says, this is what I'm going to do to you because you've done this. I am going to put hatred between your seed and the woman's seed. And he said, you are going to bruise the heel of the woman, but the seed of the woman is going to bruise or break your head. We don't really think about this too much, but the devil has seed. In fact, the scripture says in Matthew 13 with the parable of the tares and the wheat, he's, Jesus has given the explanation of that parable, and he said the tares are the children of the evil one or of the devil. And so we don't think in terms of that, but there is a bloodline or there is a race of people from Christ, and there is a bloodline or a race of people from the devil. So God very clearly prophesies and releases a prophetic declaration in the atmosphere that one day, there is going to come a cataclysmic clash between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And in that confrontation, there will be a reversal and that even though the serpent will bruise the heel of the woman, He said, the seed of the woman will break or bruise the head of the serpent. So now we have to fast forward to, I believe it's 2 Samuel chapter 17. And we find ourselves in the midst of a story where first of all, there is giants in the earth. Now we are seeing the, not the spiritual seed of Satan, but we are seeing the visible, physical seed of Satan in the earth. I believe prophetically that somehow the devil knew that it would be through the union of a woman by the Holy Ghost that the enemy that would destroy him would come forth. And so the Bible says that 
Fallen angels came down, and we did a message on this a while back, but fallen angels came down. They are the seed of Satan, came down into the earth, and they physically made it with women. And it was a demonic, spiritual, physical union with the woman between Satan and the woman that produced the bronze clad super warriors in the earth that have the nature of the devil in them. And their number one job was to pollute the bloodline. But not only that, they intimidated God's people. There are giants right now in all of our lives that you and I are facing. If I had many of you stand up right now as pastor, I know a lot of things that go on. You would be amazed to hear the giants that some of our people are facing in this very moment that seem insurmountable. There is an intimidation that has stood up. There is a supernatural intimidating spirit that has stood up as of the coronavirus got loose in the earth and it is intimidating the believers in this hour. It's doing it through government. It's doing it through social media. It's doing through the manipulation of finances and it is telling us you are outmatched. You are outgunned. You are outtalented. You are outfinanced. There is nothing you can do about me. I've killed everybody behind me. I have never been defeated and you have no means in the natural realm to take me down. But the Bible says that the seed of the woman is going to break the seed of the head of the enemy and there will be victory. The scripture is very plain in declaring that David is a prophet. He was multifaceted. He operated to some degree as a high priest, even though he was not ordained to a priesthood. He was not of the tribe of Levi. But he had in his loins a high priest mantle that Jesus, hallelujah, has declared our high priest, and he's coming out of the bloodline of David. Not only is he a king, he is a prophet. He is a psalmist. He operates to a degree in priesthood. There were so many areas of David that caused him to stand out from the great patriarchs of our age. And he had an ability, an uncanny ability to begin to hear the word of the Lord. And he had this ability to see into the spirit realm. This is why when you read Psalms, David will give you a very didactic, clear picture of Calvary. He will talk about Jesus. He will talk about the Son of God. He will talk about what's getting ready to happen at Calvary. He will talk about the wounds that I have received in the house of my friends. He understood that there was another event that was going to come after his time that somehow he was prophetically tied to. Many of us can feel a stirring in our spirits that in some ethereal way 
we feel that there is something greater than us that we are tied to, but we just can't put our finger on it. It's still kind of in a, we see through a glass darkly, and we know that there's something coming, but God has not yet revealed those things to us. So now you find that <clears throat> the seed of the serpent is physically manifested in the earth with Goliath and these other giants. The, the Bible says it, it uses a cubic as a measuring standard for the height of Goliath. <clears throat> if you use the Hebrew cubic, it's 18 inches. If you use the Egyptian cubic, it's 24 inches. So somewhere, Goliath was over 10 feet tall. And we're not talking about some little skinny, emaciated frame. This man was huge. He probably weighed in the realm of somewhere 1,000 pounds or up. He was muscular. His head, they say, was probably as big as a basketball, if not a little larger. He was intimidating to look at. He is now standing in a place where he is taunting the children of the Lord. I've never seen an hour in which hell has taunted the church like it is right now. And the demonic, I, I really believe to some degree in decades gone by that the enemy was intimidated by the church to a degree. I don't think he is anymore. There's, we have the form of God, but no power. And so he allows us to write about healing, but he doesn't want us to practice it. He allows us to have seminars on casting out demons, but when we actually try to do it, it's very difficult. And there is this intimidating presence in the earth. And so we find ourselves hearing Jesse tell his son, go see how your brothers are doing in battle. When I went back and began to study this, the Bible says that the Philistines are on one side and the Israelites are on the other side of the valley of Elah. The word Elah in the Hebrew means fear. The enemy will always try to get you to engage in battle where fear rules. Because fear negates faith. And see, you and I don't have natural weapons. Our weapons are faith. That when it looks impossible, we still believe by faith that God is going to do amazing things. So now you have, it, it gets deep here because the scripture says they are actually in Ephes Demine. And this interprets in the Hebrew 
as the battle of, or the boundary of bloodlines. That this giant is in this valley of fear. But spiritually, there is now getting ready to be a battle of the boundary of bloodlines. That there's something going on. You've got the bloodline of Goliath tracing back to satanic origins. And you have the bloodline, hallelujah, of a young man named David. That goes all the way back to Ruth. The Midrash, which is a rabbinical traditional interpretation of the scriptures when you read it, says that Goliath came from Orpha and that David and Ruth, hallelujah, or that David and Obed came from the bloodline of Ruth. So you have in this place two families, two bloodlines, two nations. It's always been that way. That's what you're seeing right now in the earth is you have the bloodline of Ishmael and you have the bloodline of Isaac at war right now in the atmosphere. But it's more than that. That is the natural unfolding of what's going on in the earth. But what's happening in Israel is a reflection of what's going on in the atmosphere. By the Spirit of the Lord. That's why we have to stay in prayer for Israel because when we begin to pray in the natural for Israel, we begin to uphold the church by the power of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> so into the scene because for 40 days now you have this, this entity this demonic entity that's standing in the valley and he is intimidating God's people. Nobody in Israel, including the king, because they're in the valley of fear, has the faith to confront him until the prophet David shows up coming from the bloodline of Ruth. And it is there that God really begins to birth a, a specific line of men that are going to trace their lineage all the way forward to Jesus Christ and the prophecy being fulfilled. Goliath is roaring. He's intimidating. The people of God are hiding out <clears throat> You have to remember this, that whenever God wants you to step over into another dimension where you take land and territory, spiritually or in the natural, there will be a giant that shows up to keep you out of your inheritance. And we see this manifested and unfolding when Israel has the ability to go over into the land of Canaan and ten come back and say, we cannot go up. Why? Because there were giants in the land and they intimidated us. They made us feel like grasshoppers and we look like that in our own sight. 
you have to determine in this moment that you are in, the giant that you are facing, will I bow down to it? Will I allow it to make me leave? Forty years the giants kept Israel out of their inheritance until that generation fell away. And God is raising up an 11th hour company of men that are not going to bow down to the giants of politics and sickness and disease in the earth. My God, I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. You've got to kill your giant. You're going to have to rise up in the Holy Ghost. <coughs> your giant could be a disease, a prognosis, a lack of money, bankruptcy, divorce, sickness. It could be all kinds of things. So here comes Goliath down there and he's roaring and he's intimidating God's people. And David says, I will go fight. I think we'll just flip over to this passage of Scripture Second in First Samuel chapter seventeen. David <clears throat> begins to um, prophesy to Goliath. <clears throat> this is why God has raised up and put so much focus on the prophetic and prophets in this hour. Because there has to be a prophetic declaration in the earth by the church to defeat the demonic giant entities in the spirit realm that we were getting ready to encounter. And generally, when you have encountered your giant and that thing is, is trying to back you down and to keep him from where God wants to take you, that's where you're going to have to step over into a prophetic realm. You will find yourself prophesying to yourself in prayer. This is what David said. He encouraged himself in the Lord. <clears throat> there are going to be other individuals that God will lay on their heart to come give you a prophetic word. But <clears throat> you war by prophecy. This is why God has raised that up. And even though there's a lot of goofy stuff out there, always remember this. There are false prophets too. And there, the enemy will always try to negate and water down the true move of God by mimicking it and releasing a lot of goofy stuff that's in the atmosphere. And so you have to, by the Spirit, be able to discern, is this God or is this the enemy? Stay away from prophets that every single thing they prophesy about is political. God generally doesn't do it that way. His first love is the church. <clears throat> so David begins to come down. You'll notice that he had to come down <clears throat> into the valley of fear to achieve what God wanted him to achieve. 
So the first thing you need to be encouraged about, if fear is assailing you, it means that positionally you are in a position now by God to be able to defeat the giant that is rearing its head against you and telling you, I am going to take from you what you have. So, David, the giant begins to declare to him, Goliath begins to declare to him. In verse 46, David begins to prophesy of chapter 17. He says, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And then he gets very specific. He says, I'm going to smite thee. And he said, I am going, this is really key. I am going to take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Now, remember that God, very specific in Genesis, says, This prophecy of defeat deals with the head of Satan. David now is standing in the valley of fear in Esphes Damine, which means the boundary of bloodlines. There's something going on now. It's about which bloodline is going to be established in the earth. Is it going to be the bloodline of God, or is it going to be the bloodline of the snake? And so the enemy has put his best on the forefront. God extracts a nobody that's a teenager, but he knows how to pray and worship and magnify the name of God. Sticks him in the valley of the boundary of bloodline, in the valley of fear, and he David begins to move prophetically, and he says, I will cut off your head today. We know the story. Slings the stone. A lot of theologians believe that when Goliath went down, he was only stunned and not dead. Again, don't email me on this because there's nothing in the Scripture to support it one way or another. But he's fixing to die. Because the Bible says that when he went down, David went and took his, not his, he didn't have a sword. He took the sword that the valley of fear had raised up to kill him, and he used it to kill the enemy. You hang on the gallows that you build to kill the righteous. So here we got this 10-foot-plus demonic carcass laying on the ground. You got this young teenage prophet King to be, Psalmist, walks over and takes up this mammoth sword and he raises it up and he brings it down 
and he severs the head of Goliath. Now, it's just, it's going to get a lot better than this. In verse 54, but let's read verse 53. The children of Israel returned after chasing the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. This is the verse you got to pay attention to. And David took the head of the Philistine, brought it to Jerusalem, but he put the armor of Goliath in his tent. And, I, and I've done a whole lot of study on this, so I promise you this is what happened. David cuts his head off. We know the Philistines run for their lives. There's a battle that ensues. It's really not a battle as much as it's the Israelites chased them, killed them, took their stuff. <clears throat> and David walks over. Now, you've got to remember where David is. And it says he carries his head to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is 20 miles approximately from where David has just killed the giant. David is not a big guy. But he reached down. He got a hold of the hair of that severed head, just grotesque in its size, and he starts dragging it. He is being moved on, not understanding fully, but he's dragging this head to Jerusalem because there's a prophecy in Genesis 3 that still has to be fulfilled. And here comes David. I don't know how long it took him if you walk fast, most people could do a mile in 15 minutes. So that would be about, I think, if my mind's right, 300 minutes. There's 60 minutes in an hour. Five times six is 30. So that would be about, at a good pace, five hours. He probably had to take longer than that. And he is dragging this head, and it's bumping all over the ground. And he drags it into Jerusalem. The pattern of Old Testament kings, when they defeated their enemy in battle, when one king would defeat another, they would cut their head off, and they would stick it on a pole, and a high place that all of the enemy could see what they had accomplished. David drags his saying to Jerusalem, but Jewish tradition will not allow him to put this inside the city because it is unclean and unholy. So David finds the highest place that he can outside 
of Jerusalem sticks that head on a pole, and there it sits. Now, when you go back to the scriptures, you got to remember now that Goliath is the seed of the serpent. When you go back to the scriptures, Golgotha was the highest point on Mount Moriah. The name Goliath of Gath is derived from two words in the Hebrew, and it's Golagotha. Later on, becoming one word called Golgotha. Hallelujah. Now here you have the prophet David dragging the head of the seed of the serpent. After they put it on a pole for a while, they buried it on the top of Golgotha. It's not called the place of the skull because you can see the outline of a skull. It's called the place of the skull is because the head of the seed of the serpent was buried on Calvary. Hallelujah. Golgotha. There's so much going on in the spirit now. That the enemy, he knows what's going on. And David digs a hole and he drops it in the middle of a grave. And he buries the head of the seed of the serpent in the mount of Calvary. That's the same place. This is so prophetic. It's the same place that Jacob's ladder was. It's the same place that Solomon built the final temple. It is the same place, hallelujah, that Abraham was told to offer his son Isaac, which is a type and a shadow of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden now, you got the prophet of the ages, hallelujah, that don't fully understand. Listen, we may not understand what's going on in the Holy Ghost but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God there are some giants in the earth that have stood against us and said we're going to take you apart we're going to feed you to the fowls of the air but I feel a Davidic anointing that says listen I'm getting ready to take the sword of the word of God and I'm going to cut off your head and I'm going to fulfill the power of God So now you have the head of the seed of the serpent. I, I love the verse in Romans 16, 20, because this is a, a, a prophetic word to us. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Calvary... In the Hebrew, is translated Golgotha, or the hill of the skull. The word Gath, Goliath of Gath, the word Gath literally means the wine press. And the Lord said this in Revelations 19:15. He's treading 
the wine press, wine press of the wrath of God. When David killed Goliath, he was just taking another step to the fulfillment of what God pronounced in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. That, boy, you're going to walk out of this garden with the authority of men. But I'm telling you right now, you better enjoy it because there's coming a day <clears throat> just like you mess with the woman, the Holy Ghost is going to do the same thing. And it's going to overshadow a young girl named Mary <clears throat> that's never been defiled in the bloodline. When you go back, Joseph was, he was the adopted father. Jesus was the adopted son of Joseph. <clears throat> Mary, her bloodline, both of them are traced back to Levi. And so they had the bloodline, hallelujah, that qualified them to <clears throat> be the priesthood. When Goliath is slain and he's buried in his hole, he's on top of Calvary. And there's his head in the ground. Now you have to fast forward to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the Bible says that Jesus could not be crucified inside Jerusalem. They had to bring him outside the gates because that was a sacrificial system, had to be outside the gates. When Jesus... <clears throat> Hallelujah. This is what we're getting ready to see prophetically in the spirit. When the enemy <clears throat> took Jesus, and you go back to the scriptures now. You remember it says the first thing that's going to happen is you are going to bruise his heel. But when you see pictures of the crucifixion of Christ, they're not correct in what they depict. Because they show nails through the front part of Jesus' feet. But when you go back and you study it, the nail was not put through the front part of his feet. It was put through his heel. Both of his heels. So when the Romans nailed Jesus to the cross, the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 is being fulfilled because there is a spike being run through the heel of the seed of the woman. And it looks like it's over. And the enemy took Jesus, put him on a pole, set him up for all the world to look at and mock 
And people walked by and said, if he really was the son of God, he would have come down. But they didn't realize. This thing had shifted from the natural, and it's now shifted over into the spirit and the prophetic word of the Lord. After 4,000 years, it's getting ready, not in the natural or in the spirit realm, but in the natural, it's getting ready to be fulfilled. Because where they put that cross, buried beneath it was an old ancient skull of the seed of the serpent named Goliath. And when they ran those nails to his heels and the blood began to flow out of his side, all of a sudden blood began to drop down. It began to come down till it hit the ground and the blood began to go down into the soil and finally it found the head of Goliath and that day, hallelujah, once and for all, every giant that would ever exist in your life, every giant that would ever walk the face of the earth, the blood of the lamb, the blood, hallelujah, no wonder he's called the seed of David, he broke it by the blood of Jesus. Got one more point to make. This is in the book of John chapter 12. Verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Very costly. What does she do? She anointed the feet of Jesus. And the house begins to be filled with the odor of this ointment. She comes into the house and she breaks that thing open. She begins to anoint his feet. Judas got mad and said, what a waste. Not that he cared about the poor. The Bible said he was a thief. But Jesus, understanding what was getting ready to happen, verse 7, he said, let her alone. Because this is why she's done it. Against the day of me going in the grave has she done this. Because what was getting ready to happen <clears throat> when the blood of Jesus, of the seed of the woman, hit the head of the seed of the serpent, Authority was transferred. And the Bible said <clears throat> that the foot of Jesus would break the head of Satan. And when Jesus' physical body was in the grave, Ephesians says 
that he got up in the spirit, marched down into the heart of the earth, took that anointed foot, kicked open the gates of hell, and he said, I'm coming back to take the keys to death and hell. And they probably looked at him and said, what authority do you have? And then they realized when they saw his feet, there was an anointing on him. And what did he do? He broke the head of Satan in that realm. And when he come up out, hallelujah, the grave, he said, I am he who was dead, but I am alive forevermore. I have the keys to death, hell and the grave. Uh, hear me by the Spirit. There is a shift taking place in the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. And this demonic giant uh, that's in the earth uh, that is taunting the house of God uh, that has showed up in your house, uh, in your business, in your health, uh, in your children. God said, hold on uh, because we're getting ready to cut the head uh, off of the snake. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'll end it with this. You can run over a snake with a car. And you can look in your mirror, and he will crawl right on across the road. Because all you did was run over his body. The only way you can kill a snake, I mean, if you got a lot of nerve, you can take him by the tail and go, and it'll snap their head or else you have to cut it off. We've been running over the body of the snake for years as a church, but nobody's touched the head. And God is saying in this hour, and I believe this in 2024, we're gonna have a headless snake. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And a headless snake can't bite you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me? <clears throat> I really believe that this is a prophetic word of the Lord today to some of you because the enemy is trying to decide right now where you are, which bloodline is going to rule in your life. The Philistines believe with all of their heart, when this battle's over, we will own Israel. And God didn't even use their army. He just used one young man who was carrying in his loins the seed of David. Hallelujah, that one day, <clears throat> Jesus, his blood, See, it was the blood that broke the head. I lose today as your pastor the blood of Jesus into every giant that is in your life right now. In the name of the Lord. Say, Pastor, what am I going to do? You're going to have to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you're going to have to find every scripture that applies to you. And you're going to have to begin to declare that over your enemy. 
no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every word that rises up against me in judgment. By his stripes I am healed. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, heaped up, running over, shall men give into your bosom. I cannot outgive God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Lord is my strong tower. When I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Give and bring your tithe into the storehouse. Prove me and test me, says the Lord, and I will rebuke the devourer for you by the power of God. So today in the name of the Lord, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My prayer partners, come quickly because I'm feeling an urgency in the spirit of the Lord that we are going to kill some giants today in this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Either you can hide in your tent or else you can pick up the sword of the Lord. I, I, I feel this in the spirit. Some of you don't realize it, but you've already taken your step of faith. And if you could see in the spirit, you're dragging Goliath's head with you right now. Hallelujah. You're headed. You're headed, hallelujah, to the ultimate place of victory in the name of the Lord. You might be a little slow today. You might feel like there's a burden. That's the head of the serpent that you are bringing by the Spirit of God. So in the name of Jesus, if you want to meet a prayer partner for, for unity and prayer, come quickly because we're going to invite the whole church. But if you need somebody to join with you in prayer, this is your opportunity right now. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Do you realize what Calvary did? Hallelujah. Fulfilled Genesis 3.15. From that moment on, there is not a giant anywhere in the earth that you do not have authority over.